And good evening. This is episode three of the Tech Travel Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Matteo, Chief Mobile Opinionist. And today I am joined by Cristiano Beta. Hello, Cristiano. Hey there. Welcome to the Tech Travel Geeks podcast. Thanks for being our second guest ever. Ooh, thanks for having me. Uh, apologies, Lukash is on his way. He's held up uh, after some Sunday activities he, he engages in regularly. But he'll be joining us later. In the meantime, let's have a chat about you. Who's Cristiano Beta? Uh, I'm Cristiano Beta. I'm a developer advocate for Box. A uh, developer advocate is somebody who represents a company not towards your regular customers, but towards kind of software engineers in general. Uh, in that role, I, um, I used to fulfill this role at, uh, at, at a company called PayPal. Um, and in that role, I travel quite a bit. Uh, I think in uh, the last few years, I've been freelancing. But I think in my time at PayPal, I used to add one year where I traveled about two thirds of the year. And that's where I met Matteo as well. <laughs> oh. Yes. So we, we bumped into each other briefly in 2014 at the Samsung Developer Conference in San Francisco. And uh, then we, we were both speaking at DroidCon Dubai uh, the following spring. So we've, mm. we've bumped into each other a few times. And you very kindly then came and spoke at the IDs of March last year. So thank you for supporting that event. Okay, so you've, you're a developer advocate. Uh, what is Box? What do they do? Oh, oh I'm, I'm only just starting in this role, so I don't have the, uh, the standard uh, description of what it is yet. Uh, it's basically a, a file sharing and collaboration platform, but it's heavily used by kind of large enterprises who care about data compliance, data storage, data retention, uh, which especially in Europe is really important where you're not allowed, under new regulation, you're not allowed to keep all information around uh, indefinitely. So being able to kind of control what data you have on your customers and who has access to it is, is increasingly more important. Uh, uh, they have a, an API platform allowing developers to kind of integrate into that to, to kind of programmatically see when files are uploaded and then change them, write metadata to it, all that kind of, uh, kind of cool stuff. Very good. So it's online storage of, of data which can be useful when traveling as, as, a, as an end user, as a traveler, mm -hmm. because uh, if you lose your device, uh, you can then retrieve those files by just logging in on another device. Yeah, I think, I think these days it's, it's very rare for people to have all their files on their devices anymore, right? I think my photos live in, in, in Google Photos. Uh, my files live in Box. Like, it'll just kind of... I don't think I, th I think I can, these days I can wipe my phone and just switch to another phone quite easily without um, without too much uh, of a problem. I think five or six years ago that that would have been like a daytime project, kind of just an entire day of migrating. Yes, I seem to remember you at DroidCon Dubai a few years ago, arriving and having a broken SIM tray to a device and having to rush out and buy a new new device to pop your SIM card in. Yeah, and that didn't have real internet access did it no that was insane that was like one of those feature um feature nokia phones like the ones that they had and uh you you could put a sim into it but like the, the internet was really weird like it, it was like it wasn't oh, i'm trying to think what it did 
like it did it, it didn't have twitter you couldn't load twitter through the website it had its own like weird twitter app that wasn't up to date with tw twitter's newest features at all so it barely works uh, i couldn't get into my email <laughs> because the email client was only like pop and i needed an imap it was it, it was insane and that also had a, a numeric keypad with Arabic characters on it. How did you get on with that? Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that phone lasted for about two weeks before I accidentally accidentally binned it. It, it happens. Uh, we, we're in the lucky position where devices are commodities that can be easily discarded nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Where are you from? What's your origin? It sounds like an Italian name you have. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 uh, my, my dad's Italian, but I'm, I'm from Dutch Italian descent and, uh, I've, I've lived my entire life in the Netherlands. So, um, I live in London right now. Uh, but I'm, my Italian is pretty rubbish. I think your Italian is a lot better than mine. If I remember, um, I, I was I just came back from a trip in Italy, and I still realize that all I can order is some ice cream, uh, and that's about it. Some ice cream, some pizza, and that's that's a, how good my Italian is. Well, it's enough to survive. Wine as well. Wine, yeah, wine, beer, cocktails. That will be right. So, so you're covered for for surviving traveling in Italy, which is more than 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 many can say. That's a good start. And so you, you now live in London. Uh, how, how are you finding London compared to, say, the Netherlands? Oh, oh wow. That's a good question. I mean, I moved to London like uh, 11 years ago, so I've been here for a while. But it's, um, it's good. Uh, I think Brexit uh, is, has, a, has put a bit of a kind of a has put a lot of our plans on hold for now as a European citizen dealing with that is uh, currently very um, problematic, just a lot of limbo. Um, but you know, London is London. I don't think London is, uh, I don't think there's any other city that compares. I've traveled, um, I've traveled quite a bit and I don't think there's one city where I'm like, well, you know, if I, if I, if I'd have to move somewhere else, I'd move to X. Um, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that, uh, especially the last few years in, in light of Brexit. But there's nothing there's nothing that really compares. A lot of people say New York is to some extent comparable. I haven't fallen in love with New York the way I've fallen in love with, with London, with kind of theaters, movies, um, the tech scene here, as well as kind of all the other industries that are happening here. And and also, I, I, personally, I would say that the airport infrastructure and rail infrastructure, as much as the locals complain about it, is much better in London. It's easier to travel to and from London than it is from New York, in my personal experience. Although it's better in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> so much better in the Netherlands. I completely agree. Uh, that's one of the reasons I fly through Schiphol as often as I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you live, that's kind of crazy. I think if you live outside of London uh, and you live in the UK, often it's easier to fly through Schiphol um, because it's, uh, as we say, Schiphol. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to work on my guttural uh, <laughs> Dutch. Apologies. 
Yeah, it's um, it's strangely easy to just fly through 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 Schiphol and then fly from there to other destinations because it seems like KLM covers the rest of the UK better than uh, British Airways does. Yes, they they definitely do, and and that's why I'm a lo- one of the reasons I'm a loyal KLM customer. Um, so speaking about travel. You obviously mentioned you used to work at PayPal and in and Braintree, and then you were freelancing, and now you're just starting your new job at Box. What sort of business travel do you you do? How often do you travel? What's your preferred airline? Uh, so when I was at PayPal, my preferred airline was uh, Virgin Atlantic, and there was a there was a reason for that. The reason for that is because. Um, at the time, PayPal still had a, a policy that if you flew over a certain amount of hours, you were allowed to fly uh, business. Um, but you know, you still want to stay within budget. You have a certain amount of travel budget a year on a team. Uh, and Virgin to San Francisco is a lot cheaper than uh, BA, right? So if you're going to build up loyalty points, that's a, a lot better. I mean, a lot of other people fly kind of on the um, Lufthansa, United, uh, what is that? Uh, that's not the Star Alliance. Alliance. Um, but United is just bad, just really bad. I, I, I don't want to fly United. So Virgin, and at the time, I was saving up points to um, for my honeymoon to fly to Japan. So I was saving up enough Virgin points to kind of do a business trip for the two of us to Japan. But that the but obviously, like half a year before our trip, they canceled, uh, Virgin canceled all the trip flights to Japan. So then we were stuck with a lot of points that we couldn't spend to our trip that we were planning to do. So we ended up flying via Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was working at PayPal, I, I, I flew enough to get gold status on Virgin on kind of internet, intercontinental flights and then get gold status on BA on just Europe and, and kind of Europe and other flights. Lately, the last few years, I've just been sticking to, to BA One World, um, mainly because I live, I live pretty close to City Airport here. And I have family in the Netherlands. And for 9,000 uh, Avios points, and 35 quid, I fly to, from City Airport here to Schiphol and back. And it's by far the most convenient airport for me to fly through because I can I can take a, I can get up at like six, hop into a taxi, 20 minutes later, be at the airport, walk through straight because you can, they have like really late check-in. Like you can show up like 20 minutes before your flight and still go through security. Uh, Walk onto the plane, and and, and uh, forty five minutes later, I'm in Schiphol. It's so convenient compared to like Gatwick or Heathrow, which is like an hour and a half just to get there. And then you you want to build in the buffer to get there and make sure you're on time and ha- have a bit of a buffer in case a train is delayed or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Just- London City is a great airport from plane to, to to train it is less than 15 minutes in my experience even at rush hour yeah it's amazing i flew from city the other day to new york um oh wow on Aer Lingus, so from here to dublin and then from dublin to to, to new york <laughs> quite an experience I was like this is perfect like just land and you know after i land like less than 45 minutes later i'm home which is amazing 
Very good. And uh, did you do your, your US customs clearance in Dublin or did you do it when you got to New York? Yeah, Aer Lingus does the, um, does the clearance in Dublin. It was the first time I did that. That was quite an experience as well. I think the way back was very weird as well because when I flew through, because um, you go, you in so this was to San Francisco. So in San Francisco on the way back, I went at a domestic terminal, right? Not at the international terminal. Didn't go through passport control. I just went through security. Flew to Dublin, got out, basically changed terminal. Again, the only person there checking my passport was a, uh, an Irish um, uh, border agent. And then I flew into city and I flew as if I was flying uh, domestic. So I, I didn't have to go through security here either. So on the way back, the only people who checked my passport were the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> From the US to the UK, and the only people who checked my passport were the Irish. It was like interesting. In, in light of Brexit and potential changes to border practices, that might be. Uh, I'm saying this with inverted commas. Feature uh, that they may need to look at. Yes, exactly. It's um, it was all too easy. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you coming back, bringing those Hershey's chocolates. Oh, no, I don't like Hershey's chocolates. Yeah, it's no. not, not really that good, but they, they, they package them well. That's true. That's true. Okay. I've, I've had a lot of people on the call, on the on a lot of the listeners or what. Yes, um, the, the, our, our listeners are, it's still an audience we're building, but they have some pretty polarized views on things such <laughs> as chocolates, pineapple, and pizza. Types of beers and wines. Uh, it's it's an interesting group, and obviously, if you're listening or watching this episode of the Tech Travel Geeks podcast, uh, let us know your thoughts on these subjects in the comments, both on the Tech Travel Geeks uh, podcast website and on YouTube, where you'll be able to watch this this episode after the show. Obviously, live interaction is preferred, but go ahead. Uh, Give us a subscription or the like as well whilst you're at it. Okay, so moving on, uh, you travel a lot for work. Uh, I see you've been in Italy recently. When you when you travel, have you optimized your your process of packing? What what's your preferred way of packing for a trip? Oh, yeah. My my wife is more organized with this than I am. She has like a checklist of stuff where every time I do it, I just go through and and just look at things and, and, and just go, do I have everything? I've got, I've got, I've, I've, I used to have like five or six different bags and I've pretty much standardized on two nice bags that I have now. Um, two to me bags, which I, which I really like. One of them is, um, one of them is this one, which is just like a, um, just like a backpack. And then I've got a second one, which is like a more of a kind of a, what do you call it? Like a, not a tote bag, like a big kind of tube, basically, where you just push in everything from the top. Uh, so this one is great for like a one day trip. The other one I can do three day trips in if I want to. But then I've got a whole bunch of these. Um, I think I got these on like Delta flights at some point. These kind of like little, little kind of like bags that they give you uh, when you fly business class and I've collected those over time. And I just tend to have all my stuff in there. So really all I need to do is just 
throw all these bags in my bag and then I'm pretty much done. And then it's just close. Okay. And uh, we, 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 we think we've narrowed down both our audience and ourselves have two clothes uh, packing methodologies. Do you roll or do you use packing cubes or a mix of the two? Neither. Neither. Okay. Uh, it's the the thing I notice is 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 the um, the rolling is interesting, but it's less flexible because you you you're stuck to the shape of the roll that you end up with, right? That's that's the problem. I think that's my problem with the um, with the packing cubes as well. You have to fit everything into the packing cubes, but then it becomes less flexible to just wedge other stuff in between. I like to. I like to buy like bottles of booze or stuff like that when I'm when I'm abroad, and then it becomes a, a lot less easier to just easily kind of pack that in safely in between all your other clothes. So I've never really felt the need for it. I've done the rolling for a while. Uh, I've got a few of the packing cubes, but I mean these are effectively my packing cubes, right? But it's more yes. for all loose stuff. Clothes just go in loose, just fold it up. Very good. And uh, what sort of gadgets do you take with you? What's your, your, your the things that make your travel experience better? I think the number one thing is this thing. Your headphones. Headphones. These are the, um, so I'm going to take them off for a second talk. These yeah. are the, the ones, the, the, I think they're the QC25, 35. Okay. Um, the, I have a set of Bose QC35 2 second edition which are the ones with google assistant do you have google assistant in yours yes these are the twos yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're fantastic headphones uh, they're and i love them for two reasons first of all i think i bought them uh, i bought them at the airport at some point on a whim from one of those machines and uh they came charged and i think i went a long haul flight to the us for a day trip, was there for a day, flew back. And I didn't charge them the entire way. And when I get back, they were still charged. The, the battery life on it is absolutely amazing. But the other thing that is amazing, it has memory for like multiple devices. And it can even be connected to two at a time. So I can pair it with my laptop and with my phone and with my tablet and with my watch and whatever I do. It's 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 connected and I just flip the toggle on the side and it just switches between which one it's synced with at any time. Like that's such a miracle compared to like all their headphones where you constantly had to like unpair them and then pair them with another device and then like that was just a pain and this is just amazing. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree that the Bose QC35 II are a really good set of headphones. The only issue I've had with them is this year uh, in Scotland, we've had an unusually warm and sunny uh, mm -hmm. summer. They get a bit warm. Um, uh, I need to wear different headphones for doing sports because it's too yeah. they're too warm. I've got these just these like cheap, hella cheap anchor ones, which are like just these Bluetooth ones. I mean, none of the same fancy features. I've just got them synced with my phone, and that's it. But you but know, it's traveling these are amazing i yeah, can noise cancellation on long flights on those bose qc35 is second to none in my experience and i've yeah. used sony noise cancelling headphones i've used uh what was the other ones jvc ones the bose are a step above everyone else 
Yeah, and you can. Uh, the thing I didn't know is there's an app for it. Uh, with the app, you can actually control these days. You can control the level of the um, uh, the noise cancelling. So you can either either turn it off, on, or kind of halfway there. And halfway there is good if you say you're a woman and you're walking on heels, right? Um, you might you might hear the heels through because it's the, the way it's set up. You might hear the, kind of the, the bouncing. If you turn it halfway, you don't hear it. Or if it's really windy, um, you can also turn it halfway because otherwise the, you hear the wind really weirdly when the noise cancelling is turned on. Uh, so you can kind of turn halfway there, and that works really well as well. Yeah. And have you managed to sleep in them? No, they're a bit bulky for sleeping because uh, you kind of have to really lie backwards. Um, but I, to be fair, I have no trouble sleeping on a plane. But they're not they're not comfy for kind of lying on your side on. Have you tried that? Um, yes. Well, I've been testing out some travel pillows, so neck pillows for tech travel geeks. Mm. And uh, depending on the type of pillow you're using, the Bose headphones, because of their size, can be good or bad. Uh, some some of the neck pillows will just push them off your head. Yeah, I just tend to fall asleep like against the window, like like that. <laughs> <laughs> so not an issue there. Do you, do you use a travel pillow? No, no, no. I mean the the the. The idea of a travel pill is nice, but carrying it around the entire trip with you is just a pain, I find. It's just not worth it. I want to be able to fit everything in a tiny bag when, I, when I'm on flying long haul and then have my suitcase checked in. I don't want to have to have to deal with like a big bulky pillow. I know you've got kind of inflatable ones, but they're not as good as the, the, the bean ones. So the, They're never as good. Yeah. It's kind of the convenience of carrying it with you versus being able to sleep and I just I have no trouble just passing out. Okay. Um so we should have Lukas joining us now. I'll just uh, add him to the call. Uh, he is back. Uh in the meantime, what is your mobile device of choice? What's your your smartphone that you use at the moment? I've got a OnePlus 5. You're still on the OnePlus 5. That's the 16 to 9 aspect ratio screen. I've got two of them now. Oh, you've got two. Oh, excellent. And how, how's, how's the, the NFC on it? The NFC is really good. Good. Uh, so much better than the OnePlus 3, which was having you were having NFC issues with a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, no that that did get repaired. It was just the um, the NFC just died, just the chip just died, so it just had to be repaired. But it's one of those things where you you tell them it's one of the problems with this is why I still love Apple because Apple you walk into the store and you go this doesn't work and they just believe you <laughs> and they got stuff for you. Uh, when you deal with these kind of companies where it's kind of all remote, uh, you, you give them a call and you say, look, the NFC doesn't work. And their first response is, have you tried reinstalling the OS? It's like, yes, I've tried that. <laughs> and then, have you tried reinstalling the firmware? It's like, yes, I've tried that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still using the five. And I really keep second one uh, as a backup one. Very good. And uh obviously you, you're engaged in uh filling the internet with cat pictures uh, much the same as i am and how are you finding the camera on the on the one plus five 
I really like it. I mean, it's nothing compared to like the iPhone X or something like that. Job for me, it's a lot better than what I used to have. I used to have a, a, a OnePlus X and a camera on that was just atrociously slow. <laughs> Sorry, thanks. Nope. Apologies, we were getting a bit of noise for, coming in from Lukash there. Um, we'll, hopefully, he'll get his his microphone sorted. Lukash has just joined us for those uh, listening who are waiting this this arrival. Uh, okay, so one plus five Bose headphones. Do do you find that your your battery in the one plus five is enough during a trip? Do you carry a charger or a power bank? Um, I carry a charger. I've got one of these um, again. Anchor. I love Anchor as a brand. I've got one of these kind of chargers. Um, I'm looking to upgrade at some point to one of the power delivery banks that they've got, which are a bit bigger. It means I can charge my phone, uh, my laptop with it as well. Um, the battery life, if I turn on the battery saving mode, it's amazing. Like the, the but but I think the main thing that I love of the um, of the One Plus Five is just the dash charging, like the the speed charging. So I tend to bring my um, my real charger, the 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 adapter, with me as well. Because you plug it in a wall in, in 30 minutes, you get 80% battery or something like that. And that's, I know it's not the only phone that has that kind of stuff, but that that is such a, a game changer compared to a few years ago when every phone just would take quite a while to charge. Um, I'm less concerned about making the day than being able to find a power socket for half an hour. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, Lukas, uh, you 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 watch the videos from OnePlus on on dash charge. Uh, is that something you think is is key, or do you think it's always wise to have both a power bank and dash charge, or the quick charge equivalent with you at the time? Sorry, I'm late today. Um, for me, uh, to be honest, I'm always behind with my charging, so usually quick charge is good. I keep on forgetting to to uh, charge my phone so f quick power up is always always good i'm on samsung so i have uh, their version of quick charge um which is quite good um i personally don't use the wireless charging too much uh, haven't found it uh haven't found the need uh, just yet but usually um yeah quick charges is always good on especially on travels and um, that's that's where i find it most useful very good. Okay then. Um, so that you mentioned you you're a part of the loyalty scheme, uh, Cristiano, the both for BA and Virgin, and you probably have all other alliances sorted mm. as well. Uh, do you have any tips and tricks for listeners of the Tech Travel Geeks podcast on what best practices to do with each loyalty scheme are, or if you just have any tips there? I mean, I'm only on BA these days. Um, I, I'd say, I mean, I used to be, because I used to, when I was working at PayPal, I used to be part of a, quite a, an international team. And I th the thing that I really noticed is it, it only makes sense to be part of the loyalty scheme of your local airline because they, they inevitably are going to have the best flights, the easiest flights, the most often flights everywhere you want to go. Um, now I think for you, that's probably KLM is probably your local airline. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Yes, yeah, despite being in the UK, KLM seems to serve me better for international travel. But like, if if you live in New York, probably signing with one of the the US airlines is a lot easier than 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 sign. Again, if you're in France, sign, signing with Air France or something like that uh, makes a lot more sense. So, uh, as to which one you should pick, really, like pick the ones that is part of one of the big kind of uh, loyalty scheme programs. So either Sky Team, One World, or Star Alliance. Uh, and then, then you'll be fine. And just make sure you sign up for an account and you collect the points. A lot of people, when they start traveling, they don't collect early on. And it's just like, you're just missing out. Just just sign up. Uh, if the points expire, they expire. If you save up enough points, you've got a, you've got a nice trip. Um, yeah. Not not only that, it's not just for the points. Uh, it's also in, in case of any issues such as strikes or flight cancellations, the airlines will look after their passengers who are part of their loyalty schemes first before any other passengers. So it is. it may sound almost pointless because those points you may never use, but in the case of a flight cancellation, you will be looked after first if you're part of the loyalty scheme. Yeah, you don't even have to reach all the way to like the gold level on these on these uh, programs either to really get some benefits. I think from uh, BA Silver, you get access to the lounge, which means you, if you're in a busy airport, you can kind of get away from the the busyness and kind of just enjoy some peace and quiet in a corner, uh, grab a coffee, grab a drink. Uh, lounge quality really differs. Lounges tend to be really good in the cities that the airline is from. Like their local kind of key hubs. Uh, in the other ones, they're often kind of aligned with their partner airlines, uh, and that can really differ. Like especially the U.S. lounges can be really poor compared to, say, BA's Heathrow uh, lounges that they have. Um, I used, to, like I said, I used to fly on uh, Virgin. I've stopped doing that because it turns out it's quite easy to say to collect points. Really hard to spend them. Uh, I, I used to be Virgin Gold, and one of the things that that that, that most people don't know is like as you as you grow through these levels, these tier, these loyalty um, levels, you you get not just certain benefits, but you also get access to more seats that you can use the points on. So even though I was Virgin Gold, Virgin Atlantic Gold, I I could barely find flights to spend the points on, uh, especially through their partner airlines, which was a, a pain. So the partner airlines were uh, Delta, um, ANA, the, the Japanese one. And it was really hard at the time because we were trying to find a flight from, from London to, 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 to Tokyo to find reward flights through their system. Where on BA, I generally find it a lot easier, even though I'm only BA Silver right now, a lot easier to find flights with them than, than with, with Virgin. So one of the reasons to pick one of the bigger um, kind of loyalty schemes is because they will just have more reward flights. So it makes it a lot easier to, to spend those points. That makes total sense. Um... And uh, how do you track your loyalty schemes? Do you, do you install the apps on your on on your phone or tablets? What's how do you, you track that? Uh, yeah, the BA app is really good, like extremely good compared to 
any other app I've used from any other airline. Um, it, it allows you to track it. I mean, the, the, the way you generally get the points assigned to you is to during booking uh, or after it's been booked to kind of add your loyalty number to your booking. Um, I just tend to make sure that I do that. I use I use the BA app and I use an app called TripIt to keep track of like all my train, hotels, etc. cetera. Uh, it allows you to have an app on your phone and then it, it stores everything offline. So you, wherever you go, you just have all your confirmation numbers, your details, your flight numbers and everything on your phone. You don't need any internet. Um, but that's where like keeping track of the loyalty numbers. I all the booking sites that I use just know my loyalty number. Uh, most BA flights that I book myself, I I just book through the BA site. Um, all the flights I book for work, they, the, the booking agent knows my loyalty number as well, so they just automatically assign that. That's good. And you mentioned offline when talking about TripIt, which is a, a great app. Uh, do you have? Uh, do you prefer? Paper boarding passes or in an app on your phone? I don't think I've printed a boarding pass in years. <laughs> so that's a, that sounds like a, a great endorsement for digital boarding passes on phones. Yeah. I mean, some airlines will still print them for you at the desk. Um, but these days, BA is fully like <clears throat> digital to most airlines. It's, it's often more a, uh, a limitation of the airport whether or not they can handle digital booking, uh, digital um, boarding passes. Uh, I think, but even like I flew to Pisa, which is uh, a tiny airport, like a really tiny airport, and they they are fully set up to take digital boarding passes as well these days. I think those apps just killed the printer um, business. No one no one uses printers anymore. Those, this was the... <laughs> The main, if not the only, reason for me to use a printer, I, I stopped using it uh, altogether. Uh, but one more question on the on the loyalty scheme uh, with the change to uh, of a uh, changes around Avios for BA. Have you had any issues um, when when this change came? Um, was it a few months ago? Yeah, I haven't really paid much attention. Uh, I think, I mean, what they tend to do is just like. Just like your, your, your regular currency, Avios is a currency. So there's a certain amount of kind of inflation over time that they apply to it. So over time, every few years, they increase the amount of Avios you need to, to spend miles, as well as the amount of Avios you, you receive. Um, I think they made it a little bit harder to collect Avios, or a little bit harder to collect tier points, I think, mainly. That was the, the main thing that they did. Um, so tier points are the, the points you need to, to level to your next um, membership level. The Avios is just your your air miles, your your, your points. Yeah. You can yeah. um, I think they've now done it like if you book like a non-flexible, like a, a, a non-flexible economy without hand luggage, then basically you get only like a quarter of the Avios or something that that, that you would get if you bought a fully uh, non, uh, sorry, fully flexible kind of return in economy with hand luggage. Um, eh, you know. no, no big change. Though I would say there is one historic change in the UK. The company that was the Avios Travel Company 
which originally started off Air Miles in the UK, the Air Miles travel company. It shut down earlier this year. Uh, they had obviously rebranded, gone from being a full travel agency that offered uh, flights using their own currency and cash to a company that only offered BA flights for cash and, and miles to just essentially an extension of British Airways, Iberia's loyalty scheme, and they've been completely shut down. So any people with separate Avios accounts that Ooh. weren't tied directly to uh, to BA had those transferred into British Airways Executive Club accounts. So that's, I'd say, one sad footnote to the whole airline loyalty scheme. Bit of a historic one, but inevitable because there's no need to have a separate company within the group offering the same currency and different rewards. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting thing. So that the same same one of the same people who set up the Air Miles Travel Company then went on to set up the Nectar loyalty scheme. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting uh, topic. Uh, I'm sure we could go into a bit more depth on is loyalty schemes in general. Are they worth it? What sort of travel can you do? Thanks to consumer spending and very small percentages of, of that. And would you, Cristiano, would you prefer to have some avios from shopping online or would you like to have a clear percentage of, let's call it, uh, official currency? So would you prefer to go shopping through the avios website, through British Airways, or would you prefer to shop uh, through top cashback and get real money? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say I prefer real money for those kind of things, right? Like for me, it's, I, I think for a lot of people who are heavy avios collectors, it's a way for me to turn business spending, so money I don't spend, but the business spends into a benefit for me, which is how a lot of these loyalty schemes build their loyalty of, of business customers. Um, so for me, it's it's I'm not spending the money. The the business I'm flying through, uh, they're they're paying for me to fly to destinations, and I'm getting a certain benefit out of it. And therefore, I'm sticking to their. Brand. So for me to turn my personal spending into Avios as well isn't as interesting as. And I also find it doesn't add that much. Like I get like two Avios here and three Avios there. It's like that's not going to add up versus like the. 800 avios I get for flying to Italy. Um, so yeah. in, in that way, I don't think it adds up. I, I find what I find really interesting is um, the, the, the American Express BA credit card, which is just not interesting if you look at it compared to the general American Express credit card. Because <laughs> the general American Express credit card gives you like one American Express point per pound that you spent um plus like i think it's like two for each travel pound that you spend etc but then you can turn each one of these points into one avios point where if you have the ba card it turns it automatically for you into avios and then you can't spend it if, you can't turn those avios easily into something else <laughs> that's a lot harder so anybody just don't sign up for the ba credit card it's it's Stupid! Don't do it. <laughs> full, full disclosure to our listeners: uh, as far as I know, Cristiano is not a financial advisor. Uh, take that, in, <laughs> that advice with a bit of <laughs> with a bit of a, a pinch of salt. 
do not sign up to that if if you want to get the points. That's my point. I'm not saying. Okay, then. so we, we we will reclassify you as an airline loyalty advisor. <laughs> I think we're safe with that. Good. Uh, that that that's good. Uh, so I think that's that's about it. Thank you very much for joining us. Is there anything else you'd like to shout out about, apart from your website, cbeta.io? Uh, Beta.io. Uh, I'm cbeta on Twitter. Uh, I still had some other gadgets here. Oh um, yes, you have other gadgets. Let's 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 see them. This is one of my favorite things here. Uh, I, this was a Kickstarter, and we all know these like little. Um, we all know these like US Apple plugs, right? These which flip out nicely. Yeah. But I'm not sure if you're familiar with the UK plug. The UK plug is like massive and not foldable at all. Ooh, okay. It's lovely. It's amazing. It's perfect. So it's they've so solved the problem of UK plugs for Apple adapters. Yes. It's a fully foldable one. And they also, with the same set. Have a foldable European one. Very good. Yeah, I love this thing, and I just switch before I travel. I just switch to whichever one I need. Um, this is one of the main things I, I travel with quite a bit because it just means that this tiny because I've got a I've got a MacBook and this tiny adapter just actually folds down to something that is quite nice and portable. Uh, you might need to explain what's happening to people who are not yes, watching. Essentially, <laughs> Cristiano has been uh, folding down a UK plug adapter, which is one of the least friendly for compact traveling, yeah. into something which is almost at, to the profile of uh, Cristiano's Apple laptop charger. Mm -hmm. um, uh, interestingly, I've seen a lot of other travel adapters, uh, usually multi-USB ports, uh, with the same plug adapter solution mm. uh, crop up on Amazon and AliExpress. And I actually have one which I use because it has a Quick Charge 3, which is useful with some of my devices. So yes, plugs and plug adapters are very important for travel, especially if you travel frequently to countries other than your own. Will we ever reach a, a common standard? No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the EU wants to change to ask and force Apple to to use USB C. So we'll see how that works. Well, yeah, this thing is called a Tofu Zen Life, and uh, it was a Kickstarter. I'll uh, I'll share the link later. That's great. We will pop that in the description of the YouTube channel and the blog yeah. post. I don't know. What uh, apps do you use for, say, podcasts, audiobooks, and music on, on your devices? Oh, I, I use Plex for podcasts lately because uh, I use Plex for videos and TV shows and stuff as well. Very um, good. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the ones I use and, and Audible just for audiobooks. Very good. Uh, our our friend, a friend of the show, Ian Bird, uh, will be happy to hear that you you too are a, a Plex user. <laughs> <laughs> is he on the Plex team? Or? He is. Yes. Ah, uh, excellent. I yeah, believe I his, his official title is Director of Engineering at Plex. Excellent. So yes, uh, shout out to Ian. Uh, thanks for watching the show, and. Uh, 
Any, any other gadgets or things? I think let, let's limit it to one more because we do want to keep it in time. Uh, I have one more thing, which is also a Kickstarter. It's about the size of a credit card, but in it is, and I love this thing, in it is an entire uh, USB cable, right? So this is USB-C to USB-C. But inside of this is also the little adapter for switching oh, wow. it to micro-USB, to uh, lightning cable. There's a SIM adapter removal cart in here, pin in here. There's a USB, like a full USB connector in here as well, so you can actually plug it into like a laptop or something. Um, as well as it's got two spots for uh, SD for um, um, SIM cards. That's, that's the um, just a full USB. Um, as well as it can function as a light. So there's a light in here, and if you plug it into a laptop, it can function as a light. And here on the outside is a stand for uh, for putting your laptop, uh, your phone on. Oh, excellent! <laughs> it's 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 one of these things that's just got way too many features in it. <laughs> but I carry this with me, and this is basically just my cable that I plug into uh, into my my battery pack uh, or into other things. And the nice thing is that with this, I've got basically the cable with me that I need for anything. So rather than bringing like seven seven different kinds of cables, I just have this thing with me. And if I need to charge my headphones or something. Um, I just pull out this thing, connect the right connector to it, and get going. So it's again, it's it's something that makes my bag just a little bit lighter because I don't need to bring more cables and more more adapters. I just bring one battery pack, one plug, uh, and plug everything in. That's great. Mm -hmm. And what what's the name of that product? Uh, this is called a uh, cable cart. Cable cart, excellent. Yeah. Again, it was another Kickstarter. Um, but I'm pretty sure they, they've made more than just their, uh, the Kickstarter requirement. <laughs> well, that definitely looks like something that needs to be reviewed on Tech Travel Geeks. That's, I think, that, solves many of my, my cable problems. Yeah. Uh, one more question, one last question, if you don't mind. Uh, you mentioned uh, OnePlus 5 uh, as your main device. Is it also your main uh, camera that you use, or, uh, or do you use some other camera on, uh, on your travels? Yeah, we, we already discussed, um, I think, the, the, the camera. Yeah, it is my camera mainly for on travels. Um, I, have a, I have a DSLR <laughs> that I haven't touched in a while, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, like most people, I think. Um, I, I think the camera on the OnePlus 5 is good enough. Um, I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to upgrading to a, a, a 7, OnePlus 7 at some point. Uh, but eventually, I've had this one for a year now. Uh, and the camera is really good. The portrait mode is pretty fun to play with. Mm -hmm. um, it, it does it for me, um, especially considering I used to have a OnePlus X where the camera was absolutely atrocious. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you want to see Cristiano's pictures, you can uh, follow him on Instagram. I think you're Cristiano underscore beta. Yeah, because somebody took C beta already. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, you can see not only pictures of him running on Strava, but also lots of cat pictures. Mainly cat pictures. I mean, the camera is fast enough on the OnePlus 5 for me to take photos of my cats who won't sit still for five seconds. So I, I guess that's that's just a confirmation that it's an OK camera. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Very good. 
Okay, then I think uh, we can wrap up now, unless you have another off out of field X Kickstarter gadget to show off. <laughs> no, not all Kickstarter stuff. This isn't Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a, let's call it a legacy Kickstarter. Yeah, exactly. No, Sorry. we'll keep it at that. We'll keep it at that. Right. Well, thank you very much for being on the Tech Travel Geeks podcast. Uh, we, we, as we mentioned, see better on Twitter, Cristiano underscore better on Instagram, better.io on the internet. Mm -hmm. Anywhere else people can follow you? No, those are the main ones. That, that will do. Great. And congratulations on the new job at Box. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming along. And uh, thanks for joining us, Lukash. And Lukash, where can people follow you? Uh, well, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, El Suriga. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Lukash underscore Suriga, I think. I keep on forgetting what my Instagram <laughs> Instagram is. Um, and you can find me on Tech Travel Geeks uh, as well. Excellent. Uh, thank you. And so, as we mentioned earlier, you can subscribe to the Tech Travel Geeks podcast on uh, the website, techtravelgeeks.com. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts on Pocket, Co Pocket Casts, on Google Podcasts, and uh, more syndication networks to come soon. Uh, obviously, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, where you will get not only this podcast, but some of uh, Lukesh's excellently edited video reviews of content and devices we think are useful for travel. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. We shall speak to you next week. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.